Good evening, 12s, and welcome to the Seahawks 360 podcast, a Sports Ethos production, where we look at the Seahawks from every angle, every week. I'm your host, Candace Hagens, and I am joined by Josh Research of, of Ethos Bengals. So we are happy to bring a crossover, one of the few crossover opportunities that we have for the season. Uh, we look forward to talking the upcoming game. So Josh, we appreciate you being on with me, man. How you doing? Good. Yes. I'm, I'm glad to have you or I'm glad you're having me. I, I wish there was more people to do this with because yeah. it's always fun to kind of see uh, views from other other teams, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. For those who don't know, the Ethos Network is sort of building their their NFL teams. And so I think there's like six NFL teams right now. And so hopefully we'll have more opportunities to cross over like this. But uh, really excited to hear your perspective. It's a, I think it's a really big game for both teams. Um, with very different storylines so I'm curious to hear just kind of from your perspective up to this point the Bengals have been one of the hot topics on all national media with Joe Burrow and his injury and how the team is doing how they're looking what's what's your perspective on where the Bengals are and then we can just kind of I guess exchange questions back and forth from here uh, definitely underperforming uh, clearly they've been hindered by the calf injury which I don't think was handled the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I know Zach was trying to get the win as however he could, and throwing Jake Browning out there probably wasn't uh, going to be any better. But I'm sure Joe was harping in his ear the entire time that he wanted to play, so I understand. But uh, looking looking back, the IR stint probably would have been the more strategic move. Yeah, that's kind of been my opinion. I, th- I think they should have, my opinion, I think they should have rested Joe Burrow at least week one, maybe week two, and then brought him back. Um, but it's interesting to hear you you kind of see them as underperforming because one thing that's kind of been a common trend, I guess, I don't know if it's circumstantial or what, is that the you know, Bengals kind of start slow, right? If I recall, they're like six, one, six, seven, and one or something, like in the month of September. And like, so is it is it just, do you guys feel like it's just normal, like standard, or is it really you guys are feeling sort of the this is different well it's definitely or something that attributes to it is uh joe never having a, a preseason or an off season either healthy or uh, his first one in the year or first year in the league was covid so everything yep. was virtual then he busted his knee yep then they had the appendicitis and then he now he had the strained calf. So it's like he's never had the, the reps with the boys in training camp. Uh, and he's definitely a quarterback that, like, needs needs that. Yeah. Despite being so cerebral and smart. But um, otherwise, and also I think that the Zach Taylor has it programmed in his mind how he wants to start games. And he has a scheme and a script every week, and he will not adjust. It's like week one <laughs> against Cleveland. It's a it's like a tsunami almost. So he said it was one of the worst Fran games he'd ever seen. Yet he's still throwing the ball every play. It's like Joe Mixon's averaging five yards a carry. On the other side, you got Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford just running down our throats. Yeah. Or the Bengals' throats, I should say. And yeah, it's like, dude, just run the ball. Like Joe's clearly not healthy. Quit doing these stupid quick little screen passes. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I got I got to agree there for sure. Like I, this is uh, I, people, I've heard people talking about this being a, an important year in terms of his play calling, like him proving he can actually call the plays. 
um, I'm going to assume with that then that you don't think he's doing a very good job to this point. I've never, I've never really been a Zach Taylor guy and especially with his play calling and his um, decision-making on fourth down. Mm. And uh, I think, I think it's even become more apparent that second half of the season, Joe Burrow says, screw it. And just kind of puts the team on his back and does what he wants to do. Yeah. And he, and he has well earned the right for sure. This past week you saw it. Like I, there was reports that like Zach was in over the headset saying like, Oh, throw it away, throw it away. And then Joe just keeps extending. And then he finds Jamar. It's like, Zach, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe knows what he's doing um so I know we've kind of referenced his inner his like injury and obviously that's been a really big issue but they they did sort of put it together against the Arizona Cardinals right mm-hmm. um how much stock do you put into that performance definitely I mean not a lot a, a, a decent amount I guess Arizona definitely is playing above their talent I'd say right and it was a good it was a good game for the most part, uh, but uh, yeah, it was really nice to see the offense clicking and him being able to extend plays. And he even dropped the mic after a rushing play, which was I got a pretty good kick out of it, like a ten yard scamper up the middle, and he gets up and just drops the ball. And... <laughs> it's good to see. Yeah, yeah for sure. As, yeah, especially because it's been a, a rough quarter. So I kind of that's kind of where I stand. Like, I don't know if you have any questions about the Seahawks, but I just feel like that both of these teams are kind of at a turning point that this game is really pivotal one way or the other for the narrative going forward for both teams. Like from the Bengals perspective, it's kind of like, are they starting to get it going? Like it's Joe Burrow back pretty much. And then I think on the Seahawks side, it's like, are the Seahawks legit? Like, is it just playing like playing certain opponents or are they really like as good as they have looked at least the last three weeks? Okay. Yeah. They're on a three game win streak, right? Yeah. Yep, and then the bye, coming off the bye. Um, they lost week one to the Rams. Correct. Which doesn't uh, look as bad as we thought. No, yeah, the Rams it looked really looked bad good. at first, but the Rams came to play. Who knew? How how is Gino? Because I know last week he he was uh pretty fired up too yeah, after half. Mad about that? <laughs> he's still mad about it. <laughs> so um, so Pete has implied that he's fine, right? Good to go. And he was not listed on the injury report, but when Gino was asked about it yesterday in, in the presser, you know, he was saying that he's getting progressively better. So I think he's implying he's not 100%, uh, but he's going to obviously go out and play. And so I don't know. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, re- I'm a little nervous, but Charles Cross, our left tackle, starting left tackle is back, which was like needed, like, rain in the desert oh it, it was strongly needed especially if Gino is going to be playing kind of injured already like that that was going to be a combination that was going to make me even more anxious um Drew Locke just got injured and so like practice yeah, what squad happened? guy what happened there was that during practice just popped up, yeah just popped up on the injury report during practice after not appearing on uh Wednesday I think he appeared on Thursday and so they have had to sign a practice squad guy and so not feeling great about that situation yeah um, i mean luckily if that were to be the case then i would expect a heavy dose even more so of walker and charbonnet if we can make it if we can make it happen um 
the the all the there's so many questions about the Seahawks team and, and where they are. And that's really why I think this game is so pivotal because they've been really playing with a lot of mismatch parts. And while the online has been better in the run game than the pass game, I think their starters are actually better at pass pro than run pro. So now that we are getting a little healthier, the question is, will they be able to open up those lanes that the backups could, but they couldn't pass to save their lives. So, um, a lot of questions going into this game. I mean, I hope we can run the ball well. We've obviously got the backs to do it. The talent is there. Mm-hmm. But we've had 11 offensive linemen starting on our or playing on our team in like four games. Wow. So I know how I know what that's like, but geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 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 been a journey. So there there really is a question of what will they be able to do? Like, will they go back to some of the original playbook type of things? Because, you know, in recent weeks they really pretty much changed the whole offensive scheme around not having an O-line. Will they revert back to that as they get healthier? The tight end, heavy tight end thing was working well, but will they want to get JSN more involved now? Um, It's hard to know. Ton ton of question marks for sure. Is DK hurt? I thought I saw him, but he was... What is that? He's hurt, but he's been hurt. Yeah, he's been hurt since week two, but he's been playing. Okay. So he's just kind of suffering through it the bye week i'm sure helped him out some but yeah he i think they're just resting him all practice and just kind of playing him on game he might do like light practice on like the friday just to make sure he's good to go and then like he'll play it's pretty much how that's been going so i'm not really worried about it he's just said he's gonna play through it sure and he's doing pretty good i mean for a guy that has a rib injury he's he's really been playing very well I have one right now. I play rugby and it doesn't feel good. So I know. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T, I mean, T Higgins going through one as well. So it's, it's, it's very common, I guess. And it's, uh, it makes this, this battle is so different than I thought it was going to be preseason. I mean, to be honest, if, if you're a Seahawks fan, you kind of scheduled the L. Um, but <laughs> we really have, there's just so many question marks on both sides. Like you said, the injuries, like you guys are banged up. We're both, and injury quarterbacks like is Joe fully back is Gino fully back no one really knows the O-lines have been kind of we'll say hit and miss to to be nice mm-hmm. um and then like I said the injuries even to the wide receivers but so what else are some of the injuries that you guys some of your bigger injuries right now uh our s- cornerback one Cheeto Awuzie who's been like a big surprise mm-hmm. uh signing I think it was yeah. two, two seasons ago he is questionable him and T are both game time decisions uh otherwise they're pretty clean with joe isn't on the report anymore i think the Bengals just have uh, like a keem davis gaither who's like a he's a backup linebacker he's out and that's really it i think so it's kind of nice all right so you guys are cleaning up we don't we don't know if we're cleaning up yet we still got a couple of nickelbacks down which makes the interesting question about how they're going to use devin witherspoon without uh, our starting nickelback, Kobe Bryant, um, who personally I feel like we're better off without anyway. And already, <laughs> Really? You don't like Kobe? No, don't. I don't like Kobe in his role. Now, they, they played him some in the preseason at safety. And I actually think I like him a lot more at safety. He just doesn't have the quickness to. Yeah, he's a bigger guy, right? Yeah, he's a small guy. Super oh, really? Small. That's what I got him in nickel. Um, I mean, that's why they haven't really tried him on the outside. He played outside all college, so they moved him in at nickel when he was a rookie last year. And he gave up the sixth most yards of any cornerback 
in the league. Oh, damn. Um, now Her he has thing. a real knack for forcing fumbles and turnovers. And yeah, I think he like led the league in that. So like he's got some great upside. I, I like that, but I like that skill set, not at nickel. Because teams just when you need a third down, throw it Bryant. Like it's not even <laughs> it's not even a question. <laughs> oh wow. I had no idea. Yeah. So that's that's a real thing. Um Artie Burns, who is a sort of throwaway vet that they hide that they Signed last year from Steelers. He didn't end up playing. They picked him up this offseason. And he's actually played better than Kobe Bryant, in my opinion. And Nickel, I'm I'm kind of pleased with Artie Burns at this point. I mean, he's not anything, anything over the top, but you don't need your nickel to be necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big question for us. Um, apparently, Jordan Brooks did not participate. I think they're just resting him. Um, I'd be fine saw- if they played Devin Bush. Jamal Adams, I think I saw his. It's supposed to be back. Yep. He cleared concussion protocol. Let's just hope he can stay on the field the whole game this time. We'll see. It's been a while since we've seen him play on the field for a whole game. It's been been it's been years. Maybe so not yell at someone on the sideline. Well, I don't know. I don't blame <laughs> him for that. Not only because he literally hasn't played the game in 385 days, but that's just a common symptom when you're in concussion protocol. Also. Right. Like when you like when your brain is injured, the emotions that come from that are literally like standard you can google it it's it's a thing so i, totally I kind of thought it was it. a little i thought it was a little insane they were going to like punish a guy who's like got a brain injury for <laughs> for not behaving correctly um but anywho i neither here nor there hopefully he can play the game um if he can i mean the guy looks good in the flashes you see him so Definitely. if he can stay on the field that's a big deal for us but i'm I think the team has learned how to navigate without him also. So it's kind of a cherry on top deal where if you have them, great. If not, I think the team has learned how to play at this point without him and they'll still do well. Um, nervous about our guard, Damian Lewis, not practicing though, Thursday. He's from LSU. Uh, say what? Was he from LSU? Yep. LSU guy. Yep. Yeah, and okay. this is contract year. He's been pretty banged up on and off all year. And uh, that's a big part of why the O-line shuffle has been so dramatic. I mean, whenever he's out, you got to take your center, put him at guard, and then take the backup guard, I mean, backup center, and put him in. And Yeah, that's a lot of um, just, like, chemistry-wise. Yeah, they've had no chemistry. So for the, for the offense to really be, uh, I believe, the top five in scoring, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that, at least top ten. But they're they're – doing really well offensively in terms of point production for an offense that has had no chemistry whatsoever at any point. I don't think they've had, I don't, I don't even know if they play half a game worth of snaps with the starting offensive line um, because of that. The schemes have gotten like, who are the Seahawks offensively? Who knows? <laughs> I know. I was, I, that's what I want to ask you. Like, well, how are you, how do you see them attacking the Bengals then? All depends on the O line. Um, the, the tight end heavy sets have worked really well to this point in terms of substituting and offsetting for the pass protection issues of um, our O-line. Um, they typically get the ball out quick, quick game. Um, and then, like I said, utilizing those tight ends and misdirections and using motions to sort of throw off defenses. Shane Waldron has done a superb job this year from an offensive play calling perspective and adjusting to his situation and really making the pass pro not look as bad as it's actually been like you don't notice it on film but if you go back and watch that all 22 bro it's it it's brutal um tough watch that's a good, that's a good great offensive coordinator like that's yeah it's great 
And I will also credit Gino with a lot of that too, especially against that Lions game. People praised those backup tackles a ton. And then when I went back and watched the All-22, those guys got beat immediately. It was just Gino stepping into the pocket, rolling out, right, and, and like just knowing, having a really knowing good pocket presence, right, knowing how to navigate it if you need to step up in the pocket, if you need to roll out of the pocket. Like he just got really good uh, timing and, and presence in that way. That's really that really make his offensive line look look a lot better than what they actually were. Um, like I said, especially in that Lions game, maybe not as much in the Giants game, but um, yeah, well, he was injured in that game too, so that's a factor. But I think Gino and Waldron both have done a good job of of mitigating what is probably a disaster, but just doesn't look as much as it doesn't look as bad as it is. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, so I would say that I guess it's a good time to get in. It'd be hard for us to talk too long about the Bengals and the Seahawks at this point without mentioning sort of the the commentary about the game back and forth. Uh, DK uh, saying that while Jamar Chase is is great or really good, that he thinks that Witherspoon will lock him up and then then the um, Jamar Chase responding with that those guys are decent and so it's been it's been yeah. some back and forth not quite I wouldn't say it's it's playful trash talk. Yeah. fun fun playful banter yeah yeah what's uh, your take I like it especially I mean I don't know if after uh, Jamar Chase's big game last week he posted that picture of 7-Eleven yeah I, I, had a, open. I had a pretty good pretty good laugh about that but it, it's fun it's interesting they're both uh former number five picks mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I I do I think actually watching because that Seahawks Giants game that was a, a prime time game right right yep Monday night and then Witherspoon had that long interception return yeah that monster game it was a monster game for man that yeah, yeah so I knew the guy would be great but I didn't see that I, I gotta be honest I didn't see that coming so I mean the I, the kid obviously has some chops to play but you know in the two Bengals wins Jamar had 15 and 19 targets. And I think even with that kind of volume, you can play your heart out, kid. But I still think I got Chase coming out on top. That's fair. That's fair. I really don't know. You know, a little to, to some extent, I, I actually might agree with you because as great as Witherspoon looked, and he did look good in multiple areas, pass rush, um, just being sticky in coverage, and of course the, the pick six. But also, it was Daniel Jones. So, yeah. <laughs> and Daniel Jones doesn't have a ton of great receivers, to say the least. Probably like one of the worst wide receiver cores in the league. So, as great as he looked, I, it would be a little premature. I thought, I thought, DK, while I love DK's confidence in his teammates, um, I think it's a little premature just because the guys only played two games. Right. <laughs> he, he played against the first game was against the Lions, which. He actually had a couple big slip ups. So I mean, now I get the sense he learns quickly. So they had a they got him on a couple of rookie mistakes. And so his stats look worse from that game than his play actually was. Um, considering that he got targeted a ton in that Lions game. But I still would say Jamar Chase, just as the veteran, I think it just may come down to experience more than anything. I, I believe in Witherspoon's talent a great bit, but two games of experience and Chase has been doing this for a few years now. Like the guys he's he's got it um especially in terms of 
if you want to mess with a spoon up, you play on his aggression, right? I don't even I don't think it's that hard to try to do that. Now, has he quickly learned from week two? And can he now bounce back and be better in that way? Maybe. But yeah, I think it's a little premature. And well, and like even recently, the Bengals have been moving Jamar like around everywhere in the offense. So like, I don't even know if like it would be a shadow situation or not, or if it'd just be like a side of the field or. No, that's typically not Pete's game. I don't think he's ever historically had anyone shadowed. So I that's the other thing. I don't I don't even know if it'll be a, a Witherspoon. We don't even know what Witherspoon will be. Right. I think that's the bigger question for me. Will they play him on the outside? Will they play him on the inside? Will they both? Will they like put him all around the field too? It's possible. They've talked about it. Um, Jamal Adams being back, I think they have him playing some nickel. So maybe Willen is on the Witherspoon is on the outside, but I'm cu- I actually more curious about how Willen does in this game than Witherspoon. Um, because Witherspoon's just so young, and Witherspoon and Willen as great of a year as he had last year. Want to see him get some legs under him? He's been injured too. Um, so really, it's been it's been injury mania for this whole team. <laughs> like we lost our whole secondary, we lost our whole O line. Um, good time for the week. Yeah, finally getting pieces put back together. And that's what makes it a question about if this team is legit because, you know, they've kind of looked great on both sides and that's with a bunch of pieces missing. How much of that is legit? How much of that is circumstance? We'll find out over the next couple of weeks, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> so who are you watching most? Like what I, what would you say is the game plan for the Bengals to win this game. Got to keep Joe upright. It seems like even last week when he was doing well, standing in the pocket, um, got to play Arizona. They started, they realized I needed to start sending like a lot more free rushers. So the only thing that worries me is if Seattle realizes that too early and they're just like blitzing the stuffing out of Burrow and company. Cause I mean, I think the offensive line gets a, a bad rep because teams are just like even Tennessee, like when they ate us up because they realized that Joe couldn't move. So if they stacked the load of the box and like just got to him before he could even make a decision, what are you gonna do? Right. So, and you know the thing about the Bengals, like our pass blocking, like pieces don't really they haven't really ever like worked out well. Like our, our running backs, Giovanni Bernard was the best pass blocking back we've probably had, or they've ever had. And he's been long gone. And now we're relying on like Travion Williams and Chris Evans barely even plays. Mixon's never been a great pass blocker. Mm-hmm. And we have a true sample tight end. It, he was a second round pick. Cause he's like a, a blocking specialist and he's never really panned out either. So I don't know. I'm always worried about the blitz now. And the Bengals don't want to seem to want to establish the run. So we can't take that away because Mixon barely gets to work. And that's, that is interesting that they, they don't do that. Now that may even be more so the case of them playing into it. Cause right now the Seahawks, their run defense has been really good. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> type, top level, especially considering they were the worst team in, in run defense in football last season, what it's been quite the turnaround. Uh, for the team so you might even see more of that from a game plan perspective if I'm a coach I'm 
kind of not I'm not excited to run the ball against our front based on early results I did see yeah I think you guys are averaging like 85 rush yards a game given up which is really good yeah uh, so it's, I, it's been a turnaround um so I and, hope hopefully it'll just be a heavy dose of Jamar I think that's a uh I think that's a, I think that's sustainable I have questions about other aspects of the defense but I do feel like the run defense being good is there to stay um but it's interesting that you bring up the blitz because that has been my number one complaint with Pete Carroll always like for for years in terms of just being so reluctant to blitz um and, and really be aggressive in coverage sometimes just these soft zones just I mean quarterbacks can't eat that up it's just all day long we just give guys stuff underneath and it just in fact if you if you saw me a couple weeks ago I was kind of out on Pete um this to me this year is still very important for me with Pete because he's got to be able to field a decent defense like you can't be a defensive coach who's had a bad defense five years in a row and that's really what we're knocking at the door on here like it's like it's as great as much as I love Pete and he's got he's got his great things the defense has to at least be decent at this point like you change schemes twice you've changed coordinators like two or three times at some point you're the common denominator um but they blitzed the heck out of the Giants last. I mean, I, I was I was more shocked than I think anyone else. Like, I've never seen them blitz that way and just be so creative on the blitz. And so do they ride that momentum in the next game or do we go back to same old Pete strategy? I'm eager to see. Same old, same old chill Pete. Yep. <laughs> always compete but never blitz or never be aggressive we just call it competition and we don't actually try to compete on the field <sighs> pete yeah <laughs> that guy <laughs> funny um I, I view the Bengals' defense similar weird they're, they're prone to the chunk plays this season like teams are just either picking up like 12 15 yard run plays or it's like 20 yard pass plays but then the Bengals always seem to get bailed out by something in the red zone. The opposing team either falters and has to kick a field goal, but man, like I'm like Lou and Rumo, he is a great defensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong. And if the defense plays better than they have been, he probably will get a head coaching job because the defense is young and the secondary is kind of uh, not in shambles, but safeties are kind of, or one of the safeties, I should say, Nick Scott, that we signed from the, the from the Rams. Mm. Uh, he's underperformed. He actually got benched in the second half. Oh wow! Yeah, so the Bengals are going to be starting, or they might be starting Jordan Battle, who's a rookie from Alabama. Interesting. Who I think he might have played all four years. I think so. There'll be some experience out there, but they're going to lose some speed. So I am afraid of the old Tyler Lockett or DK. I guess deep ball and honestly like this probably is going to be jsn's coming out game because i have him in one of my dynasty football leagues and i'm just waiting for the game for him to pop yeah you just need you just need the healthy guy you just need the o-line to be healthy honestly they talked so much about doing three wide receiver sets and they last year they leaned heavy on the tight ends and they really talked about switching that but they just haven't been able to so i, I think jsn will have his pop game I don't think it'll be what people thought of. I mean, he's a wide receiver three, so it was always never going to be, like, explosive. He he was never going to get the numbers that Jordan Addison was going to get just on situation alone. 
Um, but I do think maybe we begin to see him a little bit more, um, make a, make more of an impact. And if that, if that can happen, that's, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> that, and it would be helpful, especially given if you guys have a weaker secondary, but what does scare me about what you just said is that you guys have a really good, uh, red zone defense, mm. right? And we stink. We stink <laughs> in the red zone, a red zone offense. Our red zone offense is don't get in the red zone, but score anyway. And we've been doing great at that. Like <laughs> we've, we've been doing especially great at that. Seriously. A lot of our points have just come from like big plays, um, DK just going down the field and, and, and really that's kind of what they need to happen. Cause red zone wise, I'm sure some of it has to do with the O-line, but also Gino wasn't great in the red zone in, in that area last year either. It's, I don't know. So didn't work out as well for us. We tend to kick a lot. Well, gotta have a good kicker then. Do well, you see... oh <laughs> no, not a good kicker. Okay, so it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen with with our kicker, Jason Myers, is literally all pro caliber on even years. Like, if it's an even year, he's like he was literally all pro last year. Seriously. And he started off like two of six, like the beginning. He's he's done better, but like if you go look at his stats, his odd years are not very good. Um, it's the strangest dynamic I've ever seen. I really haven't seen anything like it, but it's like that every. He just got extended, and so people were like, "Well, maybe he'll break the card because he was better than Jason than, than uh, Justin Tucker in a lot of statistical measures last year." But we not we're not we're not seeing it this year. So who knows what Jason Myers we will get on Sunday? I, I who knows? <laughs> I think kickers across the league are just kind of down this year because even Evan McPherson, I've been saying since week one, something's up with him. Like he was so good his rookie year when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then last season, I, I feel like he uh, digressed a little bit, and then this year as well, he just. He's not as money as he used to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's really strange. Like, you have one job. Do your job. <laughs> Shut up and kick. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, you're on an NFL team. Shut up and kick. Um, That's funny. But where, do you have any questions about just the Seahawks and sort of what we do and what things yeah. have been like? So, I guess... Between Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, I'm interested to hear your takes on those two because Charbonnet's been fun to watch, but it seems has he been, he's been creeping in on Walker's snap snaps or a little bit, a little bit. I think they're I think the duo the tandem is great together. I think they both need one another. Um, they're both versatile enough to be able to start, in my opinion, if they needed to. So like Charbonnet doesn't give you the wiggle that a K-9 will, but he's got enough to his game that he can create some opportunities. Um, but what Charbonnet lacks is vision. And so, mm. especially with a, with a shaky O-line, he's not been able to maximize. I think he hasn't looked as good as he could could look, in my opinion. Um, but he's the guy you can rely on to get you three, cloud, three, three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> and 
Walker last year, that was his biggest issue. Like he was boom or bust. He was either I'm losing two yards or I'm gaining 75 yards. Right. <laughs> it was one or the other. And there was not a lot, there was, there was not a lot of middle ground to move the change, which is why they needed a Charbonnet. So I really love that tandem together. I actually even like that Charbonnet is, I know it's not great for fantasy, but I kind of like that Charbonnet is um, creeping into Ken Walker's yards because uh, running back injuries have been a curse every year, every year. Like we had five active running backs on the roster and literally lost all five. We still had to go through like two practice squad dudes. Like it's, it's bad. (laughs) Like, I don't know why we're just, I know running backs get hurt, but like it's in Seattle, it's been, I think, on the extreme end. And so I kind of want to reserve Walker. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he's already had a couple injury issues. I think he had an injury over training camp too. So like if we don't have to make him the workhorse, less less in the low, maybe we can get more games out of him and especially down the stretch and like making a playoff run when we would really need him. Sure. I, I bring that up because the Bengals and their three losses – when they play a physical running back, they just they have no answer. It's like week one and with the the Chubb and the Browns. Granted, yeah. that was a a rain game, yeah. but then even like Gus Edwards and and Justice Hill, like Gus is a pretty big dude. <clears throat> the Ravens, <clears throat> excuse me, the Ravens ran all over the Bengals, and then uh, against the Titans, like they couldn't tackle Derrick Henry to freaking save their lives i don't know like the Bengals have had such a hard time tackling on defense this season so i could see maybe if charbonnet like if he the snaps that he gets if he's plowing them over and getting a good six yards of carry i could see it be a big game for him yeah i could too I, that's a that's an interesting point as long as our online can you know makes make it some push at the line of scrimmage he can do that <laughs> he can do that because i i you know i really do like Charbonnet's game it's so like you said it's just fun it's just something about like he's got a little Marshawn Lynch to his game like especially yeah. at the end of runs like he's just gonna either run through dudes or like if you're gonna tackle him you're gonna feel that yeah. you tackle him like it's unnecessary too it's just like these <laughs> unnecessary like b- bring down the shoulder and like lay a hit but um I I love it uh I get it we take any any Marshawn Lynch-esque that we can get around so so that's that has been fun and I, I agree if they can't tackle Charbonnet he's tough and I will say I mean I don't know if they do better with more finesse guys but Kenneth Walker is leading the he's like top three top five in terms of missed force you know missing uh forcing missed tackles that's what I'm looking for um so he's slippery even though he's not a power guy I'd say the Bengals are pretty good with against the more dynamic backs. Maybe it is the game of Charbonnet. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it. it. Just because if the Bengals, if they get in that game script where they're getting run on, like I think one of the only ways the Bengals can really like establish this game there is is getting the Geno, especially getting them to early. Like Trey Hendrickson's a madman this season. Yep, he is such a game wrecker. Yeah, he is. And like if if Cross is if he's if he's back, that'll be a fun matchup. But otherwise, Hendrickson might feast a little bit. Maybe so we'll I'm see. Because just... uh, Gino's been really good at avoiding sacks. Okay, this year, which was a struggle last year. We'll see if that continues, and I know, we don't know with the injury, you know, how that will affect um, his mobility, um, his ability to sort of navigate the pocket the way he normally does. But um, I would 
I would think that he might be able to get out. So you kind of need two monsters to to really get because they they neutralized Aiden Hutchinson in and against the Lions game. He he didn't get a single sack. I think he no, he didn't get a single sack. I don't think he got a pressure. Um and we had an injured O line at that point. I think sure. Charles, I think that's the game cross went down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He'd already gone down. He went down week one so we were playing the two backups. Um and he still didn't and that was all GM. Okay. And the Bengals also have a good interior pass rush. So now that would get Gino. <laughs> if you got if you got good, that's that that would get Gino. He, he struggles against the interior to pass rush. He can he can get on the edge a lot better than he can dealing with that upfront pressure. Sure. Yeah. So as I think as long as Cincinnati just like I said, they can't give up those big runs and they can't give up big chunk pass plays, they should be okay. They've got a lot of rookies playing on defense too. They're um, DJ Turner. He's a cornerback, second round pick for Michigan. He's actually really stepped up. So if he has to play either JSN or, or Lockett, I think that'll be a fun matchup. Yeah, that really would. I'd love to see Lockett on that though, because I know Lockett could just. Well, honestly, they're both really great route runners. I was gonna say, I know Lockett has that experience to sort of get the best of rookies, but JSN is. I have no actually no doubt in his ability to be able to run a route that would mess up a, a, a defensive back at all. So I think you're right. Either way, either way, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um do you guys you guys I think you mentioned this before, but you don't pre- you don't blitz a ton in terms of getting pressure? Not not a lot. When it does come though, I, I do feel like it is uh it's well timed. It's usually on like a third and third and four, like something around there, and like Lou just I don't know. That, he's he's got a good brain, so always have faith in Lou. Okay, Zach, Zach, not so much. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was gonna say because I I think I think if you're rushing for, I I feel like the Seahawks can navigate that a better. I'm a little bit more worried about if you guys are gonna blitz. Um, then I'm like, uh, okay, that makes me a little nervous. But if you're blitzing on third down, Seahawks offensively have struggled on third down and JSN was supposed to help a lot with that. But again, they have been utilized that very much. Um Kobe Parkinson, come on, man. Like you gotta get him on the field. He has been on the field. He's been on the field a lot. That's what I'm saying. You gotta they're prioritizing him over JSN. Yeah, it's much. kind of kind of funny. Pretty much it is. It is. And no one no one expected that. So um anyway, I will see how that how that goes. Um that's something I'm looking at. I'm looking at a lot. Um, another thing I'm looking at a lot, at least from my team's perspective, is how aggressive will they be in their coverage? They've continued to be soft in coverage. They've leveraged that a little bit more with being more aggressive in blitzes in recent weeks, which has been to their success. Um, but I look at the stats, man, and Joe Burrow eats zone alive, like 72.9 completion rating against zone compared to like 51.6 against man so they have got to, i mean you got woolen you got witherspoon those are man coverage dudes use them in man yeah. uh, i feel like that's a huge key if the seahawks want to win this game especially on the road you gotta you gotta be aggressive play man and be aggressive be physical. yeah be physical play man i don't think you have to blitz heavy but i think you do enough like you said the the timing I think will matter with the blitz, but if you're playing man, make Joe Burrow have to go through his breeds and make that O line have to 
keep him upright. Like you said, like uh, force them, force them to make some decisions. But if he didn't have to think, he can just throw into a wide open zone. Then like, yeah, that could be a big Tyler Boyd game or whoever yeah. you're going to put out the slot because yep. they're running Jamar out there a lot as well. Yep, exactly. Um, and I'm I'm sure he's great at eating, knowing when to you know finding the soft places in the zone, and so. You kind of want him in sticky coverage. You want to you want to make a decision. Do you throw it up to the guy? Do you risk Tariq Will and picking it off, or do you you know, <laughs> or do you you know hold the ball and try to go to another read and maybe get a sack? That's that's a huge part. I mean, I think I might go as far to say the Seahawks the Seahawks can win the game on that alone. Mm-hmm. That's a really big decision. Um, if assuming the offense can like exist. <laughs> then they, that that can win the game alone. I feel like that's a that's a game changer if they decide to make that change. Sure. Um, do you foresee this being a, a shootout or more of a a low scoring defensive minded game? I'm actually thinking low scoring defense because both of the defenses have shown themselves to be good early on. Um, you can you can question the opponents, but like <laughs> they they've shown themselves to be good early on, and we're like I said, we're both talking about recovered recovering. Um, quarterback like Dino's like, yeah. coming off injury. Uh, Burrow's been trying to get past injury, and while he's looking better, um, I think how much how back how back is Gino is a pretty big question. Like, can he have the mobility he'll need? Because Gino can move around some, then I have no doubt they can get some offense going. Uh, but sometimes the offense tends to stall, and that has a lot to do with pass protection. I'll be honest, <laughs> has a lot to do with the pass protection and just. Um, pretty much just you know having to throw it away right. or anything else. Um, because he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns. I think we've been doing a lot of running touchdowns. More of the running game has sort of been kind of our saving grace in terms of moving the chains. Mm-hmm. But I would like to I'd like to see Gino get going, but I don't think it's gonna be this game. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't peg this game as Gino throwing four or five touchdowns. Like I I could be wrong, but it surprised me. Because I know the over over under is forty five, so I could see like a twenty four twenty one game, but I can also see like a like a twenty eight thirty one kind of game. I can't. I, I think I can see like seventeen twenty one, like just like DK like making like a ten yard curl route and then taking it eighty yards. Because <laughs> maybe like, for something if it's something like that. Now, if your secondary is like that suspect then maybe it does get high scoring but um i think the i i, I maybe my a big part of my logic is just both these old lines are suspect or have shown themselves at least to be suspect early and if both teams can get pass rush then i think that might make some more three and outs than maybe yeah. you'd initially think that's kind of how i'm picturing it but you know if those old lines hold up and, and we can get some explosive plays that's actually a much more fun scenario. Like that's that's when this game becomes like a ton of fun to watch. Um, and I, it's like two completely different ways it could go. Right. Because what time's the game on for you? It's ten 12. in the twelve. Yep. Well, I, I so I cover the team. I I actually don't live in Seattle. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Same I cover the team, but I actually don't live in Seattle. So now the game in Seattle, yeah, comes on at, at ten. It's a ten o'clock game. But uh, well, since it's where you guys are. For the players, it's it's noon anyway. Right. Yeah. I'm not in Cincinnati, so. What? You know what though? The Seahawks have tended to do well in those early games. That's what I've that's what I've heard. So I was I was uh, 
Yep. It'd be fun. Be a fun way to start someone's morning if it's a high scoring game. Yeah, it would. It'd be it'd be a ton of fun. Um, like I said, they've done well, Pete. They used to be something that they historically struggled with, and at some point in the Russ era, maybe halfway through, they made a turnaround and I guess revamped their travel system. I don't know what they did, but so far they've been killing the early morning windows, even the road games. Sometimes I feel better about the road games than the home games, but. Oh, wow. Cincinnati territory is a tough place to play. No, yeah, that, no, no question. The they yeah, the fans have been filling that stadium, yeah. and it's loud. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's it's a challenge either way, but it is wild that I, I genuinely feel better about <laughs> road games sometimes. <laughs> that's just where the that's where the cookies crumbled. Um, even this year, like that they only won one at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, be a fun matchup, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think that's all I have on the team. Um, really appreciate your insights on the on the. Oh wait, actually, actually, I did have one more question. I want to ask you, sort of like defensively. I know you mentioned the secondary, sort of been you know kind of in and out, but like, what is the strategy typically? Is it the more of a zone team, a man team? Like, what do you, what do you guys play defensively? Mm, kind of like Seattle, or, or since he it's like a bend don't break kind of thing i would probably say they're more so of a zone coverage team mm. but they run kind of this like four two like four down linemen two linebacker and then five defensive backs so they're you know sometimes the corner the the nickel cornerback who mike hilton he's a great block or a blitzer and a great tackler so they like to keep him close to the line so he's usually the guy that's blitzing on third down him or uh Dax Hill, who's a second-year safety for Michigan. They've got a lot of Michigan players on this team, unfortunately. I'm, I'm an Ohio State guy. <laughs> um, he's, man, when they put him down in the box and he blitzes, he is, like, shot out of a can, and I love I love watching Dax play. He's had a huge ascension. But otherwise, they just kind of re- rely on getting the quarterback quickly, and maybe they are a little more in your face kind of zone. They press. And then each one's got their certain uh, assignment. Lou right. is always doing different stuff. Like the way that he sometimes will have three safeties on the field and one, they'll just have one playing center field and everyone else is kind of roaming. It's, it's crazy. It's uh, funny that you say that. That sounds actually a lot like the Seahawks defense lately. <laughs> this year yeah. it's been really different. Like they've, they've been doing, it was the strangest thing and it's, it's, it's still frustrating to me. It's been working, but it's still frustrating to me that they got all these three, four guys and then decided they want four down linemen. I'm like, okay. So now you're just taking guys out of their scheme from what they used to play. And like, so now we just have these two interior linemen and then you got, you know, your two OB linemen. And then they, like you said, they, they're they trying to run three safety um, with Jamal Adams coming back. I think they'll run that a lot more. That was what they wanted to do. And then he got hurt, of course. <laughs> like it's, it's been what they've been wanting to do for a while. Um, because their secondary is sort of their strong point on defense um, with having Julian Love um, from the Giants, having uh, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams. Like, that's a really interesting tandem. And so we really haven't gotten to see um, what that looks like. But, um, yeah, actually, it's quite quite the same. Um, now, you never know who's going to blitz. I will say that the Seahawks have a much – I mean, I didn't know Jordan Brooks could blitz like that. <laughs> He's been doing really well. Like, we just been blitzing different dudes, so you can't say, like – who normally blitzes, I think almost everybody on that field can blitz at any point, except Tariq Willen, probably. Like, that's not his game. But um, 
yeah that that's really funny so we have been doing a little bit more sometimes man principles i think they just let witherspoon do whatever the heck he wants to do because it seems like <laughs> the the opposite corner is always like in bail technique and like witherspoon's like pressed at the line of scrimmage um so i i don't know if it's supposed to be like half field or if they just let him like freelance i don't, I don't really understand yeah. but um it they are it actually sounds really similar so that'll be an interesting matchup for sure yeah, so I, it might just be kind of a a mimic on offense and defense this game. If with yeah. both court, quarterbacks being kind of questionable and yeah. defenses seem to be running the same kind of zone. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities with this team, more than, more than I thought. I do, I do think uh, Seattle runs the ball more, though, for yeah. sure. Well, you're going to want the ball with Pete Carroll, for sure. Um, but, you know, I think they've leaned on this more than – I think they've leaned on the running game this year more than last. Last year – Pete's known for his reputation for running the ball. But last year, they actually did not I mean their running game was pretty porous. Like you yeah. had the you had the explosive plays from Ken Walker and then literally nothing else. Now some of that was due to injury. Like I said, like literally lost the entire running back field. Um, and then some of it was just the inability to get pushed at the line of scrimmage from the offensive lineman, which has been a current theme. And then some of it was just that they were just better at passing and they've got these weapons, DK, Lockett. Um, at that point, it was just DK and Lockett, but you really want to try to get those guys the ball. The tight ends were doing really well too. So that was a really big part of their game. And they became a passing down, like on, on first downs, they were passers 100% of the time. And you've seen a little bit more effort to get the run game going early, sometimes to my own frustration. But uh, it's still early in the year, so this team can evolve into anything. But um, this year, I do think that'll be a bit more of a factor for sure compared to last. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Well, why don't you just tell the people where they can find you? Uh, anything you got going up? I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up from here. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on X uh, <laughs> at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. Or Ethos Bengals. Uh, I come out with at least one podcast a week. So I should probably get the two. But Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. I was very, very thankful for having me on today. Like, this was really fun. I, we should, I want to, I've always wanted to do like, a, I wish we could get all the people together that cover football and have like a, right? like a quarterly roundup or something and just kind of talk about the NFL, but maybe we could do that or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'd need more teams with like winning records. Cause right now we got like the bears and like the Falcons and like the, <laughs> right now it wouldn't be a great quarterly roundup. It wouldn't be our strong suit right now. <laughs> kind of get our the, wait till we get like an ethos 49ers or something <laughs> we, can, no, we don't we don't need that we don't need that <laughs> that's funny well really it, it's been a pleasure to have you on josh i really appreciate your uh time and your insights it's, it's been great and hopefully our fans and listeners got a lot, a lot more information about the Bengals team as a whole so we don't get a chance to really meet up that often it's kind of rare so be sure to follow the show at Ethos Seahawks. We got pot, we got polls. Try to give you updated information, stats, whatever you need to know. We're always trying to keep you up and abreast of those things. So be sure to give us a follow. I still call it Twitter. It's Twitter to me. So, <laughs> so give us a follow on there. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe, please follow us that way as well. But that's it. That's all the time we have for today. I'm out. And as always. Go Hawks.